it's going to be a wild ride. So buckle yourselves in. Hello and welcome to Stramash, the Scottish NFL podcast. I'm here with Paul Mitchell, Gordon McGuinness, Ian Stephen. Happy New Year, gents, first of all. Happy New Year. Good New we Year, We don't have time for such trivial pleasantries. We have the first rant of the New Year that needs to be aired, and I think we all know where we're going with this, gentlemen. When I was a child, I enjoyed reading Books by Goskidian Uderzo, Belgian comic writers. Their favourite character was Asterix, and it's going to be an Asterix that's placed beside the Dallas Cowboys when people talk about them winning the NFC East this season, for they have benefited from officiating bungling of the highest proportions where were it to happen to Rangers, we'll be inundated with 2,000 statements per day. Ian, I have to stop you there. I'm sorry, you didn't report as eligible. Therefore, <laughs> touchdown, Gordon. Yellow Any, flag. Anybody who has any notion or semblance of playing game understands the concept of reporting as eligible if you're an ineligible number. The Detroit Lions drew a picture for the officials, literally, of what they were doing. And yet the officials still completely and utterly bungled it, gave Dallas a tainted victory, possibly a tainted division title, and then, the, like the the official, the SFA official at the Dundee United Celtic game, just completely lied. You got it wrong. Just stand up and say, listen, we got that completely wrong. I wasn't paying attention. I felt it was the wrong person that reported eligible. It was on me. The guy clearly the guy clearly um, said what needed to be said. Really sorry about that. No, uh, no, no it was definitely him. It was definitely him. It was definitely him. Th- this is all true, but there is one thing the Lions didn't actually do. And it's not like, I think this is probably a failure in the rules rather than anything else. But the and the NFL have clarified this, and this is they're kind of shite bags for doing it the way they've done it because it's very much like Lions is all your fault, which is not. The Lions have reported, and here's here's how I assume everything has gone down based on the information we have. The Lions have reported correctly. Brad Allen has not announced it correctly. However, the bottom line, rules wise, is the responsibility at that point to correct that is on the Lions offensive lineman. They 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 are they are supposed to go good. You've heard that I am eligible. We've done the whole hand waving signal, whatever it is. Uh I've announced to the crowd and more importantly the defense, this player is eligible. He's done that. He's announced the wrong name. At that point the Lions are supposed to go, no no no, you got it wrong. Where it's a little bit harsh and not a little bit, it's very harsh in the Lions is that they were out of timeouts at this point. So they don't really have the time to go and fix and change those things. There's probably like a rule change that needs to happen in the NFL. The other part of this is the Lions got so cute with it in the sense of they've got two guys going up and then Skipper runs on. And they did it to confuse the Cowboys, and this is all you know, very sensible because like, they've done the right thing to try and confuse the Cowboys, but they've just created a really confusing situation. And then finally, it's the fact that 
everyone says like it robbed the Lions of a win because they scored the two-point conversion. It's very, very important context on them scoring the two-point conversion that if everything was reported correctly, he might not have been open. Decker probably wouldn't be open because the Cowboys thought that Decker wasn't eligible. They thought Skipper was eligible. That's why Decker was open. Yes. Uh, A whole load of... A mess. Basically, it's a mess. And when you start to pick it apart, there are lots of things that you can throw at that. And again, it feels it does feel exceptionally harsh to say to the Lions, right, we've announced the wrong name. You need to tell us we've screwed up, especially if there's not a mechanism for them to do it if they don't have a timeout. Did so, they even announce it to the crowd, though? That was one of the big they, questions. They, at the time. So there's a clip. I couldn't hear it. Um, because I didn't have my headphones connected at the time, but there's like a thing from the Spanish broadcast where apparently you can hear them announce it as Dan Skipper. Well, if they announced it in Spanish, they wouldn't know, would they? <laughs> but here's here's another thing that's like, there's two other things that really infuriating that come out of this as well. So it's a penalty for um, illegal touching. So in, instead of being retaken uh, again at a two, from the two yard line. It get taken back to the seven yard line. Okay, you understand that loss of five yards, but then the Cowboys drew a penalty straight away themselves. Instead of getting those five yards back and go they back get two to and a two, half. they get two and a half. Uh-huh. You think, well, it's only a yard and a half. It's a, a yard and a half is the size of a mile when you're down in the goal line. That completely changes whatever play call that um, Detroit are going to make. Now, the, the other thing that's completely infuriating is at that point, Dan Campbell just said, right, we'll just kick it. We'll tie the game, we'll kick it, and then we'll we'll see what happens in overtime. But he got greedy and he kept going for the two points. He probably shouldn't. So I would say it's 5% on Detroit, 5% on announcing the name in Spanish, and 90% on the officials completely and utterly bungling and giving, yet again, the Dallas Cowboys an unfair advantage, which usually happens every season. They, not, least, it, not least with the, always having a Thanksgiving game. What what they need to do in the NFL, are not avoiding any conspiracies here, is they need to be okay with just redoing plays. So the correct result of that two-point conversion that was successful for the Lions, based on everything that's happened, the best case scenario should have been replay the down. Same way when the Ravens played the 49ers on Christmas night and Lamar Jackson tripped over an uh, official in the end zone for a, and threw the ball away for a safety, just replay the play. Yeah. Like, yes. just, there's, a, there's a very simple fair result that you can do in a lot of these things that isn't perfect, but it's the most fair result. And that's something that the NFL should probably consider. And had well, the that, Niners that, won by that trip, by the way, had the Niners won, and they didn't, so it doesn't matter. But if that had been the difference in the game, oh, uh, it would have been hilarious, right? To noise up and laugh and all that kind of stuff but it would have been terrible what a truly awful circumstance to potentially win a game by that though like this scenario whereby like you know that it's 90% on the fact that that's just a stupid stupid um, rule that it doesn't they don't redo the play was also 10% on Lamar because the play started at the 20 yard line and he's like 4 yards deep in the end zone like you should (laughs) please, please don't do that yeah, yeah, that, that that's by the by. That is, um, yeah, it's the fact that uh, an official interfering with the game 
null and voids the play. Much as they've introduced that right in our football. And if the referee, the ball hits off him, it's a drop ball. And sometimes that sucks, right? Sometimes that isn't always perfect itself because there's a bit of question about whose drop ball it is. Yada, yada, yada. But yeah, it's it's something that they'll have to go and fix. How do they fix it? Who knows? Can I just point out also, just I, I know Ian's talking about the Cowboys, the beneficiaries, etc. This was this was not the Cowboys' problem. It's, the, it's on the referees. It's got nothing to do with the Cowboys whatsoever. The referees screwed up. I also oh, you, know, I mean, I, you, you could you could see that you could see the Cowboys saying, you know what, we don't accept such tainted victories here in Texas. We've decided the Lions will get that game, and we're going to battle really hard for the next game because we're all about honesty and integrity here at the Dallas Cowboys. There is not you, a you single show, team you, in the NFL that would do that. You show <laughs> me what you, you show me what law or what rule the Cowboys broke. They didn't. So here's the other thing as well, though, that the overreaction to officiating errors, I've had this rant in this podcast before, I'm sure, is one of the most infuriating thing. Like the what Brad Allen did is the equivalent of a wide receiver dropping a pass in the end zone. And the reaction to, like from, a, from an individual error, Cameron's looking at me like I'm mad, so feel free to tell me I'm wrong here. From an individual error, you have made a mistake that prevents the ball being caught in the end zone wide receiver catch uh, is open for a pass and drops the ball he, no one's calling for him to be suspended for two weeks or fine. I, I think the frustration Gordon is the accountability is the fact that they kept trying to argue and but pontificate I, about why it wasn't their fault if they just I put think, their hand up and said we messed that up guys straight but, away really but sorry Brad Allen has left that game thinking that he has called that correctly because that's what the problem was that's why the problem happened is he got it wrong and thought that it was Skipper who declared as eligible not Decker so when he left the field at the end of the game he's like no I, I saw it in front of me happen I called it Skipper's eligible, not Decker. So when he's gone into that thing at the end of the game, and and where the NFL are making a mistake here is they should like release the audio and you know like the Liverpool Newcastle VAR thing and stuff like that, whereby you can be like, here's the mistake we made. But they did. There was um, one of the guys who does officiating stuff with ESPN after the game. He uh, after the game he said like this is the mistake they made. That that's where the big thing is. Like Brad Allen after the game, I don't think was doing anything wrong on what he said because I think that's that's how he thought it all went down. What I will say though, Brad Allen gets to and his crew get to um officiate Raven Steelers on Saturday. It's the first game of the weekend, kicks off at like nine thirty hour time, something like that. It's a meaningless game for the Ravens. John Harbaugh has the opportunity to do something very, very funny and just line up with an eligible offensive lineman on every single snap. Doesn't matter if the Ravens win or lose that game. Just do it. At least, at least the first snap. But realistically, every single snap in that game, eligible offensive lineman report. What what you have to remember though, Gordon was he. I'm not questioning his integrity. I'm not saying not saying he cheated whatsoever. He genuinely felt he made the right call when he left the field. But the the. Lions walked him through exactly what they were going to do. They literally drew him a diagram and a piece of paper before the game to say, this is what we're going to do. And he was so incompetent that he couldn't remember what they'd shown him in a piece of paper. But 
that happens. Like people make of course mistakes. It ha- of course it happens. And what happens when you make a mistake, Gordon, in your line of work? You get either a reprimand or you get removed from that line of work. You don't then get given another national television no, team. It, but in, and, in American football, that's not true. Guys make crucial errors all the time that result in player injuries. They result in losing games, all those different things. And they don't they don't get suspended. Like, if I'm going to put forward a case here. You said a thing there about the wide receivers, right? It's the equivalent to wide receiver dropping a pass. This is probably, I think, more like Jacoby Myers when he was at the Patriots, when he did that horrific lateral um, against the Raiders. The Raiders caught it at 24-24 and he ran it in for a touchdown. Now, what did Jacoby Myers get? He didn't get suspended. He got sent to Las Vegas to play for the Raiders, which is arguably worse. Got a nice, so... got a nice big contract to go to Las Vegas. <laughs> But like, I, it's it's a it's more than just a, a little mistake, it, and I think it's it's more than just a little mistake because of the magnitude of where it happened. Like that's a game where they could have won that they've ultimately lost because of that single one and, thing that they've got no time to recover. And it, from. And it could impact the two seed, all those different yeah. things. But all yeah. I'm yeah. so if if that ball hits uh, Taylor Decker in his hands and it all gets called correctly, and Taylor Decker drops it. Does everyone spend the rest of time talking about how Taylor Decker's a horrible person should never well, no, they, get to they, play they, another they, game? They, t- they talk about they talk about the offensive coordinator drawing drawing up a crucial play to throw to an offensive lineman. It's the coordinator, the head coach that that gets it. But you look at if a kicker misses a crucial kick, they can get cut the next day. You look at you look at next Monday. It's going to be the busy day for head coaches getting fired. They have accountability. The team didn't do well. Oh, this, this is a far bigger problem with officiating. Like they have to be, and everyone knows, and everyone's talked about this. There's not enough. Um, like it, they're not full time. The the training and stuff like that. Absolutely, like revamp all that stuff. That's absolutely fine. But the issue I have with the uh, the way people treat officials just now is this is the current system. So unless that stuff gets fixed, errors are going to happen. And and the human error is a part of the game. So you can't, I personally don't think it's fair the way that um, it's been spoken about when the current system is kind of set up against them. Paul, before we move on from this one, as the official yeah. in the room that's actually been an official, have you ever misidentified anybody? <laughs> no, I've never made a mistake out in the middle at all. The, the <laughs> thing is, what, what you try and do is... I think there's a difference because you 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 don't go out there to make mistakes. Kickers don't go out there to miss kicks. Yes, you'll get cut as a result of not being good enough. Officials will make mistakes, but I think it falls into, is it a genuine mistake? And this was a genuine mistake. Is it poor? Yes. They will be judged accordingly. They will likely, as a crew, not go to the playoffs. That is some form of punishment that's there. I think... We have to accept now whether the officials are full-time or part-time, whether they use technology or not, if you could look across all the other sports, nothing solves human error. And that, that judgment, that mistake, you know, look at the Rugby World Cup final, the, the sending off, not a player on that pitch thought that that should have been a red card in real, in real time, yet some fussy official in a booth miles away looks at it from a technical point of view, gets a guy sent off in a Rugby World Cup final and ruins it for millions of people. You know, there, there is no great solution. Just to, on that rugby thing, he may have been technically correct, but within the spirit of the laws and the circumstance. So it doesn't matter, as I say, full-time, part-time, all the technologies in the world, you're not going to correct absolutely everything. What you're trying to avoid is the egregious. 
But that's that's why like the best. So where I think the mistake here is the fact the system is just not set up for it to be done correctly. So Brad Allen making that mistake is part of human error. That happens. But what needs to happen then is New York need to immediately radio in and go, okay, there's been a mistake here. This is why. Or like someone has to ask a question like, okay, something's gone wrong. Right. Okay. Replay the play. Like that. That's the that's the only fair solution. Like him making that initial mistake, I don't think something that you can say is you know they've not tried to rob the lions. Like that's not true. The lions are just unfortunate because it's happened to them a couple of times. Like it's a small sample size sport, so these things get blown out of proportion quite often. Maybe the maybe the solution is if you're numbered between fifty and seventy nine, you just cannot touch the ball on offense, no matter what. There is no possibility of reporting as eligible. You're a lineman. Just deal with it. Just take your hands up. You're never going to catch the ball. I I mean, maybe I'm just being a bit of a... Can't really be a Grinch because it's now the 3rd of January. But, like, I, I always think people, like, overhype those um, eligible offensive linemen or eligible defensive linemen plays. Like, it always winds up with a wide-open, big, fat guy. Fair play. I have I'm one of those myself, so I appreciate it. You're not big. No, sorry. Okay, we fat and, you, and you're just not fat. <laughs> well, no, I'm still. No, no. Nobody's seen you naked with no idea if you're a guy or not. <laughs> well, you you will in June, so. Yes. <laughs> um, but like, there's something it, to look forward to. Jeez, it, it's a wide it's a wide open offensive or defensive lineman catching it. It's not it's not that exciting. Like it's not so. If they did get removed from the from the NFL, I would not be sad. <laughs> right. Okay. Time to move on. There was a whole load of other things went on. Oh, completely... there certainly was, Cameron. The next thing, which was an absolute disgrace in the <laughs> NFL this week, the Baltimore Ravens clinching the number one seed in the AFC. Thoroughly well deserved. They've played some excellent football this season. Congratulations to them. They decided they were going to celebrate by honouring at halftime a wife beater. <laughs> Not just any <laughs> wife beater, but their wife beater. Everybody, let's all wave. Ray Rice, the man who knocked his girlfriend out in an elevator, then dragged her out by the hair. We're going to honour him. Hey, Ray, well done, mate. Absolutely stupid decision. The only people in the NFL who are more messed up in their head with CTE-related complications than wide receivers or running backs are the actual owners in the NFL. And we can talk about Tepper in a moment as well if we want. But just the, the concept of honouring a man at halftime that was had his contract torn up by the club because of the actions that he did. It was recorded. It was released on video. He was lucky he wasn't sent to jail for what he did. And then the Ravens stated, well, he hasn't beaten anybody up for 10 years, so let, let's let's honour the guy. I don't know how much this segment is going to be usable at this point in time. I've not said, I've not said anything <laughs> libelous. So... Here's here's what I'll say on this and whether or not this airs, who knows. Uh one, personally, uh wasn't a fan of it, just given everything that happened. Like I just I just wouldn't do it if I was there. I do understand the reasoning, which is that Ray Rice is someone who was cut, career ended for it as it should have been, and he has owned up to it 
he talks to players when they're coming into the NFL about uh, like not making mistakes, not getting caught up in your own hype, whatever, all those different things, the community work and stuff he's done. They decided that that was what they wanted to to honor him for. I personally still wouldn't have done it. I will say though, an awful lot of people get uh, rightly upset. I think for this, there's players in the NFL playing right now that get hyped up every single week who have done the same thing. So, like, if we're going to allow players to still carry on careers, then 10 years after something has happened, a guy's career ended, if he has actually made amends and, you know, tried to live his life the right way and tried to actually help people as best he can, then I don't think So was he... Was he honoured in the stadium for that though, or was he just honoured for his career? No, it, it's it's uh, on and off the field uh, thing they do. So it's both. It's like a. It's... So it was acknowledged what he did in this. So I don't know what like was announced at halftime. I'm sure there would have been a video play, for example. Yeah, I don't. I'm I'm going to assume they didn't in the stadium go. Ray Rice left the team because he beat up his wife and dragged her out of an elevator. Like, I, I very much doubt they've done that. But in the articles and stuff about it, they said, like, there were, like, there was, like, quotes from him about how, you know, like, this happened. So for, like, for, me, there's a, for me, that comes down to that, I'll be perfectly honest. Like, there's an opportunity there to honour someone who has reformed and done something positive on the back of a horrible negative that they've done in their career and i think there's a there's a there's something to celebrate there we see it a lot right we there's certain people that have turned their alcohol addiction around and they've done some bad stuff in that period where can they we, were addicted to alcohol being an, being an alcoholic is not no 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 i'm not saying just being an alcoholic i'm saying they've done some things whilst being an alcoholic uh-huh. but what they've done is they've then gone i'm coming off of this and i'm going to use my story to put other people off and i've just used that as an example there's other things there's people who have committed fraud uh, and things like that but what they've done is they've then turned it around uh and they've they now are champion against things like that um i think do, that there's a, know, a story you know, to sell with that but no, unless do, that's do, the story that's sold do you know what the, re- you know what the redemption <laughs> is cameron redemption is being allowed to then integrate back into society in some way so being able to be gamefully employed not having his reputation count against him for being able to hold a normal job right isn't that what he's done though no no that that's not what that's what i'm not what i'm talking about the fact that he's able to talk to people um talk to them about how he's he was wrong educate that is absolutely fine that's the whole part of redemption that's a whole part of reintegration not appearing in a stadium with 60,000 people as he waves and smiles. Hello, I'm violent, but I'm not anymore. That doesn't work. That, but I'm saying unless unless the announcement in the stadium... Yeah, they have to say, here's, they have to show the video of what he did. They have to have to say, show the video. You can't do that with kids in the stadium, but what, no, my don't, point is... Don't, don't invite him. No, no. You know, but... see, see when she was in prison, right? Myra Hindley did a really, really good job helping the other <laughs> female prisoners and counselling them. And I, for one, I'm just disgusted that the BBC do, did do a two-hour musical special with John Barrowman singing a uh, Guys and Dolls number to celebrate Myra Hindley. It's not... I, Paul, Paul, you come in, because you, you are... Uh... <laughs> this is a tough, it's a tough one. It's a tough one, right? And it's... I'll, 
I, I, I do believe in redemption. I do believe in second chances. I think everybody's got that in them. I think he's worked hard um, to try and overcome what he did, which he probably regrets every single day. I doubt there's a day that goes by that he doesn't think about it and wish he'd taken it back. And therefore, I, I the thing I would say to counter you, and I don't think the decision to honour him would have been taken lightly. I think there would have been people within the Ravens organisation that would have been putting up, not quite as eloquently the points you make, but a similar argument against doing so. Um, I don't think they've done it just out of blind um, blindness to what he's done previously. Um, it's not like it's happened a year after either. I think there's been a period of time. I think it's difficult. It will always attract controversy. And I think the thing that every time his name is mentioned, that story is also mentioned. He will never escape that. Yes. And, and that did happen, right? When they, when it was announced, all of a sudden there were the awful announcing articles like, oh, the Ravens are honouring Ray Rice and all those things. I, that That's why I, I wouldn't have done it if I was them. Because I think you've actually you've created a situation whereby it's just brought it all back up in a in a negative way again. Um I I understand why they want to So I I remember when it happened because he was I want to say he was still relatively young when it happened but I could be I guess he'd be 27 something like that. Yeah, wait so maybe he's a little older than I thought, but I remember at the time some of the stuff coming out of the Ravens was like them feeling like they had failed him by not helping him grow when he got into the NFL and stuff like that. So I think they felt like an element of responsibility themselves because, you know, he's a young player that's come on this team and, you know, I think you should in the NFL and those those type of cultures, I think you should feel some sort of um, responsibility for that. But I, I just wouldn't have, I wouldn't have honoured him. The only thing I'll say, as I said before, is all of your points, Ian, I think are absolutely fine. But if those are correct, then we just shouldn't have people who have done those things playing in the NFL right now. And they are. No, I, I, I would agree with that. If people have committed serious crimes, then they shouldn't be playing in the NFL. They should be. Um, they should see some sort of punishment, whatever the law decides, um, and they should be held up as role models to kids if they do anything what, like that. What, what's fascinating about the Ravens' decision to do this? Uh, for me is that they pretty much exclusively do not sign players with quote-unquote character issues but it's essentially if you come into the NFL with any form of domestic violence um, or similar charge they will not sign or draft you these days since the Ray Rice incident they did also have Terrell, Terrell Suggs had some murky things in his past. I can't remember the specifics. So once, like he, but they didn't, they didn't sign anyone or draft anyone new with anything. So that's why I think it's really interesting that they did decide to do something like this because they must have known they were going to get pretty serious blowback. Well, to explain partially what might have happened, we look at the David Tepper situation then um, with the Jacksonville Jaguars fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Tepper. A billionaire, a man who owns his own franchise, uh, has got everything in the world he could possibly want, uh, other than thick skin, apparently. Um, didn't like a J- Jacksonville Jaguars fan chanting against his beloved Pampers, so he threw what looked like to be a, a cup of water over him. Just to make that clear, in Britain, 
or Scotland, certainly, if you throw a cup of water over somebody in a situation like that, that actually does constitute assault. And you could take somebody to civil case and sue them. And if you are a billionaire, you've got quite a lot of money to lose. But does that show why some franchises are so poorly run and they make so many stupid, possibly emotional decisions because the people in ultimate charge are in fact morons, even though they are billionaires. I think that's true of any sport. Like no, I, you know, the the emotional man at the top is a is a problem. The person with the ego, the pride, with something to lose, with an edge, and I think that that's something in any sport. And the, the fine, I think he's been given is three hundred thousand dollars. Which you know, there's a lot of people up in arms about that because it works out as like zero point zero 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 one percent of his overall wealth, and it's kind of like fine. But there's fixed fines for these. You can't. They don't find uh, based on uh, no, no, no. because because what's they updated it, it last off season. Yeah, what's yeah, interesting yeah. was there's precedent that's been set if a fan does that. So if a fan throws any sort of beer or liquid on a player, the fan is ejected and never allowed to return to NFL stadium. So Mr. Tepper should be immediately removed from any NFL games <laughs> well, he attends. That's a bit like if someone shows up in my house and throws a glass of water on me, they're never allowed back in my in my house. If I throw a glass of water on them, I'm fine to stay. I'd, if the, the, the Tepper thing that's so stupid, though, is like, just... No, you should get out of your own house, you prick. Yeah. I'm just going to say <laughs> the, the We'll get thing... out to Ross. Take your calculator with you. You know? <laughs> <laughs> the temper thing that drives me mad is he could simply have been an absolute ball bag and got ripped because he went to security and went, that guy there's annoying me, kick him out. And that would have been such a ball bag move. But if you do that, you would not have been fined and people would not be rightly uh, complaining about double standards whereby you're allowed to throw something at a fan in a stadium. That fan's paid money to go in that stadium that day. I don't, I don't yeah. know what the fan was saying. The fan could have been saying something horrific. You could maybe understand it. But it looks like he was probably just giving them the usual grief that you might get as a, a figure of, of authority of a, an opposing team. And it's par for the course. I mean, don't enter a sporting stadia uh, as a major personality and expect not to get anything a modicum of abuse not everybody's gonna it's only your employees that blow smoke up your backside not the not the kind of proletariat it's true um ultimately the panthers lost and gave the bears the number one pick next season we'll get into all of that draft nonsense later down the line but before that you've already touched on the fact ian that the ravens secured the number one seed um, due to exceptional play, they absolutely blew out the Dolphins. Lamar Jackson will be the MVP. The, the do, 49ers do, also. Do I get honoured uh, for that for bringing that up? Um, I if you want to be, we're he happy wasn't to even do a, it. he wasn't even like in the top fifty best Ravens players, Gordon. <laughs> Ian, is, Ian what, is setting the world on fire in twenty twenty four. He's coming in hot. What what we'll do, Ian, is I've arranged for Ray Rice to give you a call tomorrow to say. <laughs> Well done for making that point. So if you get an unknown number on your screen, just answer it. Don't answer it, for the love of God. I'm not, um, I'm not, I'm not scared of Ray. <laughs> right. Um, 49ers, though, managed to do it. Ultimately got the win over the Commanders, but 
perhaps more surprisingly, was the Eagles losing to the Cardinals. I feel like we've got you on for being what's what's up in Philadelphia at the moment? Was that was did that result come as a surprise? Is it as much of a shock as it seems to be? Or do you think this is just a bit of an end of season blip and ultimately doesn't matter? Postseason, so the the slate is clean. We go again. I think what's interesting is the, the defensive staff, near enough the entire defensive staff from last season that knows how that defence works, was now on the Arizona Cardinals. So if there was anybody that would help put towards a game plan that would help um, tear it up, then it would be Jonathan Gannon and his defensive coordinator. Um, the Eagles were fairly good in offence. Uh, Jalen Hurts has perhaps been... Statistically, statistically better this season than he was last season, and that's playing on a, an injured knee. Um, AJ Brown came out today and said um, that the players were improvising on one of the plays, I think it was uh, um, against Seattle, and he said, listen, uh, our head coach, he actually took the fall for that, and it was us that messed that up. And it, the Players seem to have quite a lot of respect for the head coach for doing that. Um, the problem the Eagles have is they maybe have the most critical fan base in the NFL. Um, so it's not so much how they win, it's more how they play for the Eagles. Um, if you don't come off the field with either your blood or somebody else's blood in your uniform, then you better have a reason why. Um, and they don't like it when they don't. Are you worried about what the rest of the season has in store, or do you think that this is just a little dip? Well, I'm very worried um, because I think we might end up having the worst record in the NFL and possibly the number one draft pick. Oh, no. Oh, we made the playoffs. <laughs> All right, okay. I uh, don't worry about that. If you made the playoffs, you're laughing. Yeah, well, especially if you're going to play the winners of the NFC South, which is what you look like you're doing at the moment. So well, here's, here's, here's the question. You've got, it looks very much like the Cowboys are going to clinch in the division um, and it would put the Eagles in the wildcard spot. Do they even play the game against the Giants? Do they just rest everybody and play all their backups? Do they need to? I mean... You're 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 hoping that the the commanders do the unthinkable and beat the the cowboys, but what's the chance of them doing that? What five percent chance that will happen? Do the Eagles rest the starters, rest their defensive line, and just say, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll travel to Tampa, we'll play the play the Bucks or whoever it is the, inside the division. The Rams like can avoid playing the Lions if they win this week and they're resting starters. So there is like if you if you think the the way you've got Do the Rams at... want to avoid playing the Lions. Like if the Rams are looking at anybody, are they looking at Jared Goff and going, "Well, we don't want to play him." No, so, um, sorry, they can they can play the Lions instead of the Cowboys. I think is the way it works in all. Like, oh right, okay. Like if they were to win, they would play the Lions rather than the Cowboys. Okay, fine, yes. fine. Cowboys sorry, I misunderstood the... what you're saying. Yeah. So I'd rather yeah I'd rather go to Detroit than Dallas. I'll be honest, even though I think. I don't know. We, we continue to dismiss Detroit unfairly, so but I, I, still, I definitely feel like enough. going to Dallas is a tough place to go. You want to have the Cowboys visiting you, not the other way around. Anyway, killed that conversation, didn't I? Team, um, team of the week. No, we, we we were just letting you knock back whatever the heck you're drinking. So uh, that 
coloured liquid that looks like whiskey you're knocking back. I think that's number four already. <laughs> uh, and we're not 45 minutes into the pod. You There's had one... questions for us. What did you think? Are we supposed to tell you our belter of the week? Yes. So we've. I, I feel like it's a bit of a non conversation this week it's pretty clean let's just it's, belt, let's just build belter and quarterback for team of the weekend a one conversation and it is one conversation right the, did anyone do better than lamar jackson this week no has did anyone they, done better yeah, than lamar jackson did, over the last couple safety, of weeks though, did he not if no no safety, week before week before yeah. that was the week before it, but he completed every, he completed every pass i mean there was uh, no incompletions because you didn't like baker no, no, mayfield i'm sorry he had i'm sorry i'm sorry I'm gonna to have to. I'm gonna to have to stop you there. Rewind the tape. I think you'll find I am not the one who called it a perfect 158.3 passer rating. The other people on this podcast would define his performance as perfect. 18 I would... for 21, 321 yards and five touchdowns, zero interceptions. Uh, destroyed the Dolphins. Absolutely you, humiliated them. Did you see what he did on the so the 75 yard touchdown pass to uh, Zay Flowers, which was. That, that was their second touchdown when it gave them the, the lead in the game. Lamar Jackson dropped back to pass as if he was throwing the ball with his left hand. So he dropped back southpaw as if he was going to throw it that way. He then gets to the top of his drop and he flips his hip. And what he'd done in, in setting up left-handed was he drifted safety and linebackers inside, flips his hip, launches it where Zay Flowers is open because the cornerback's behind him and the safety's drifted inside and they score an easy touchdown. It's like stupid video game stuff like that that he does. And also, the only thing... like, oh. I was going to say, like, there, there is part of me that I've seen the Ravens win two Super Bowls already and given the other teams I support in sports and life, it's more successful by a country mile. So I did think heading into that game this week, like, if you give me a second Lamar Jackson MVP this year, I would obviously prefer they win the Super Bowl, but like, I'm still going to be pretty happy with the outcome of the season. Are we overlooking statistically, because we know you love your statistics, Tyler Huntley in this conversation, because his completion percentage was better. His yards per throw were better. He had the same number of interceptions. He didn't get as many touchdowns, but he didn't have as long on the field. Proportionately, his average time on field to touchdown was higher than Jackson. Uh, I think Huntley should be in this conversation. It's the first time since the 40s that two quarterbacks from the same team have had a perfect pass rate in a game. <laughs> Only through one pass. That's all that matters. Uh, we're going to talk about Tyler Huntley a little bit when we talk about previewing, previewing Week 18 because I've got some stuff that I need to say about that because a certain Mr. Bailey is shiting himself. <laughs> right. So is there any objection anyone other than Lamar Jackson is in the conversation for Belter, therefore quarterback of the week? Yeah, well, I, th I think you're overlooking Derek Carr, but we'll we'll move on. Uh, <laughs> how, how you how you wish the Saints had overlooked Derek Carr in the <laughs> Hey, we hammered we hammered the Bucks. Life is good. Is there any chance you win that division? Yes, miracles. Uh, there is a chance, but again, th this is the problem. It's whether you want to, because if you win the division, you likely keep the keep the coaching staff. And I think part of our problem this year has been the coaching staff. So, would you rather... Okay, there's a question. What would you rather yes. have? What would you I, rather I, have? You'd rather lose a postseason run and lose your coaching team than win a division and keep them? Yes. Ooh, it's not even okay. close, Cameron. Not even close. Okay. I think it's time for a change. Fine. 
that um, will kill any smugness next week and will give us great content <laughs> if the Saints make it. Brilliant. <laughs> um, what you have to remember is like the New York Giants went into the playoffs as a wild card and battled people criticising their quarterback wanting the coaching staff changed because Coughlin wasn't good enough and then they went in a run in the wild card and they beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl so you have to be you have to be invited to the dance to be able to get a finger pop. You should absolutely so like the tanking conversation I am 100% in favour of tanking if you are not making the playoffs but because the NFL is a single elimination playoff system, you you should want to be in the playoffs because you only, you only need to win. Like who who gives a damn if the coaching staff gets an extra five years if they win the Super Bowl for you? And- uh, okay, there's a point. So fine, or not? Let's not even go Super Bowl. You get the NFC Championship out of it this season, but you've no, got to keep it, Dennis Allen it, for three it years. Needs, needs to be the Super Bowl. Needs to be the Super Bowl. Right. Okay. Fine. How how many years would you put up with Den uh, Allen for for a Super Bowl this year? <laughs> Genuine so, question. That's a fair question, right? It's, 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 it's a fair question, but I think it's a flawed premise for the question. I think what we've seen throughout the year is Dennis Allen and the coaching staff have not been strong enough. They've not handled things particularly well. They've said the same thing week in, week out. It's the same old story. We need to do better. We need to work harder. You know, yada, yada, yada. You know, Alavi's not played to his potential. Thomas not played to his potential. We've had line problems. Uh, Carr, I don't think they've helped him particularly. Um Carmichael's been there too long. I just think it's time for a change, and I think moving through. But I said to you, if you go back to week one of this, that I said that if he won the division, he would stay. If he didn't, he would get sacked. I think that's how they're probably viewing it as well. It's not like there's a whole lot of promise and that we're losing games. You think, well, we're unlucky, but we're talented here. We look good there. It's not that kind of coaching staff. There's just been so much criticism of them. I don't think it's close. Do absolute, you think if, absolute banter though if they don't make the playoffs and they keep Dennis out and they keep him? Oh yeah, oh, nine yeah, and eight. Absolutely. So okay. if they win and they finish on a winning season, nine and eight, uh, but they don't make the playoffs because the Bucks also win. I mean, there's every reason that Gail ben- Benson decides. Do you know what? Let's give him one more year. That was his first year with Carl. Let's give him one more and figure it out from there. It's highly possible. You've got to look at the bigger picture. Who else is available? You know, what other coaches are available? Do you keep Dennis Allen? You say, Joe you've Staley. Got of, yeah. You've you got, got to get rid of Carmichael, for example. You know, you, you know, do you make a change there? So there, there are possibilities. I just do not genuinely want to see that coaching staff unscathed. Now, I'm not arguing for people to lose their jobs. People have got livelihoods, et cetera, et cetera. But from a narrow fan's point of view, I think that coaching staff needs change. On the Belter discussion, let's raise the glass right now, Phil, because Lamar Jackson, you are the Loch Lomond Belter of the week. And you go straight into the team of the week. Let's do the rest of the team O-line for this week. Who do we think did pretty... I mean, you could argue that the Ravens O-line this week was pretty strong as well. Um, Denver as well, I thought were pretty good against the the Chargers. I mean, I'm being a slight homer, but that's possibly the Saints played actually quite well. I mean, if you look at the Saints scoreline of 23-13, I mean, the two touchdowns came late and they weren't going to threaten the Saints uh, in any particular way. But I think if, I mean, if you were just to look at it, um, and Lamar was brilliant, I think the line sets up for him. I think it's got to be the Ravens line. Yeah, and I mean, they really were tremendous. And that Dolphins defense is not terrible. Fine, they can give up points, but you don't see them lose as many as that often. Fine. Um, running back of the week. Is there a clear standout there? 
don't think it's clear. I think there's a few good ones. There's Aaron Jones, good for Green Bay. Harris was really good for Pittsburgh. <laughs> feel like feel like we should we should probably throw uh, Johnny Bailey a bone here and maybe even split it split it between Harris and Warren just to just uh, no to it's a one we'll get one running back it's fine if they want to play with a committee and dilute their numbers that's what well, I mean Harris Harris had the second most yards I know third fourth most yards at the position this week hundred I think the most yards. the lowest average yeah I watched that game. Um, and I actually was very impressed. I thought he, he got the right runs at the right times. Yeah, his average wasn't high, but I think he made it's still, it's still 4. the impact. 5. Yeah. yeah. And and they won on the road in a game that they really needed to win from their perspective. So, yeah, I, I would give it to him. I've got to look at Pacheco, I think, as well. Uh, James Conner, I feel like, is getting overlooked here as well against what is still or, a dogged yeah. Eagles defense. James no, Conner to do the, that. It was the worst Eagles defensive performance in 10 years, Cameron. It was, but it was like, still, James Conner, I feel like James Conner has been performing really well for weeks now, low-key, just getting it done uh, for a Cardinals team that I don't really know what they're trying to achieve. Um, fine, they'll just want to win, but they're really gritty and determined. It's, a, right. it's a funny old Cameron, situation. I could have inserted a carrot up your backside and let you loosen that Eagles defence and you would have got 128 <laughs> yards rushing. What assistance does the carrot do? <laughs> Makes me feel better. <laughs> can I can I make a nomination for a ball bag of a running back? Yeah. Uh, Mixon. Cincinnati. I needed 11 yards from him in the last quarter to win a fantasy football final and he got 10 yards. So I actually split the final, although I have been awarded it um, because oh, of average. Hang on. Uh, hang on. So you're complaining because... I am complaining because I had to sweat through it. I had to watch him just get... It was you don't horrible. even pick the team! <laughs> I do in this other one. Oh, um, you don't. Oh, sorry. He's won, just confirmed it. He's just confirmed it. I I won two finals, we by got, the way. Um, we got him. That I reached. The fucking uh, trap was beautiful. It was absolutely set. That was masterful. Sorry. Right. Anyway. Yeah. Sorry, mixing. I'm talking. Oh, I'm, I'm talking about the other league, not not our one. <laughs> I'll come. I'll come to our one in a minute. And the key decisions that we made to win that. Um, I mean, it was, you know, it was great. Um, but yeah, just so mixing. So, but that was my way of introducing the fact that I won both the fantasy football finals that it was in, including the Stromash League. You can move on now. What about um, Tyron Williams? Scoring three touchdowns, even against the Giants, is still something, right? An important player this season has contributed a huge amount. Yeah. We're spending far too much time and effort on this. Yeah. Right, I'm pick, putting pick I'm one putting, of those guys. I'm putting care. Kyron Williams in because you score three touchdowns, you deserve it, right? Johnny, let as. the records show that I half-heartedly tried to get yes Steelers player. Yeah, the sympathy vote landed on deaf ears. Right, what about our tight end? Mine's slightly less tight due to the uh, carrot, but uh, is it David and Joku for a monster performance on Thursday Night Football? It's been an absolute asset to Joe Flacco. Probably is. Yeah. I don't think there's. I don't really think Joan Johnson probably deserves a shout. He he's really come out as the clear tight end. Like Taysom Hill is some kind of weird. You mean he's translucent? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, T Taysom Hill's the, the the Swiss Army knife, and he did score a touchdown. Um, but yeah, I mean Johnson was great. 
you know, some really good plays, especially early on. But no, I don't. I mean, Cleveland's the one. And a shout out. We, we must give a shout out to, to Joe Flacco. It's good to see him move to a big team and do well. Indeed. Uh, David Njoku, uh, I'm taking that as a Jets jab. Uh, David Njoku, clearly tight end of the week. Who are our three wide receivers? That's then? A, that's a, a Jets jab. You can't have Aaron <laughs> Rodgers and vaccination in the same sentence. Uh, CD Lamb, yep. DJ Moore, and I don't know, then pick George Pickens, Rasheed Rice, or Devontae Adams. Uh, Devontae Adams really had a great game. Uh, CD Lamb, DJ Moore, definitely because of their uh, outstanding performances. Uh, Johnny's going to think that we're up against them, but I just find whatever. Um, the Steelers did what the Steelers did, but it felt like Devontae Adams really had a great game. He's been, he's had a quiet season by his own standards. So unless anyone objects, I'm going to put Devontae Adams in that team. Fine. You're putting uh, him in. He's the only player you know, Cameron. That's why you're putting him in. It's true. I don't know who any of these Steelers are, to be perfectly honest. The, the names keep coming up, and I don't watch Steelers games. I've got better things to do. Right, there's our team of the week then. It's confirmed. Lamar Jackson is our quarterback behind the Ravens' offensive line. Kyron Williams is our running back. David Njoku is our tight end with DJ Moore, CeeDee Lamb, and Devontae Adam, the three wide receivers. Devontae Adams added to the 2024 collection. We move on. Gordon, week 18, tell us, what are we watching out for? So there is one of two things that uh, can happen. There's several things. There's more than two things. I was going, Christ. I'm talking about one game in particular. (laughs) All right, okay, fine. The the Ravens and Steelers play on Saturday night, the first game. The Ravens are starting Tyler Huntley. And if they win, the Steelers will not go to the playoffs. Uh, And, And Mike Tomlin's available for transfer somewhere probably and could be the new Saints head coach. Yeah, There's I, a scenario, right? The, Let's follow that one down. The, the only other scenario if the Steelers lose that game is a Jaguars loss, a Broncos win, and as long as uh, Texans-Colts doesn't end in a tie. However, the best scenario is if the Steelers win that game and it's solutions along the lines of uh, someone has to win Colts uh, Texans, the Jaguars have to win their game. I think if those three things happen, the Bills head into Sunday night football against the Dolphins, win and you're the two seed and you win the AFC East, lose and you don't make the playoffs. It's mental. Like, that That is the, the team I'm most scared to play in the playoffs, if I'm anyone, is the Buffalo Bills. And like the scenario that sees them miss out in the playoffs is the Steelers beat a Ravens team who are not going to play anyone of merit for most of that game. Someone's winning Colts Jaguars, so that's not going to end in a tie. Uh, Colts Texans, the Jaguars are playing the the Titans, so that's a winnable game. I might be missing something else there that that, that has to happen, but it's not. There's not much that has to happen. So like that, that's fascinating for me, and that also that would the NFL would have won a watch with. Game two hundred and seventy two, the the week eighteen Sunday night football game. If you get that, the the stakes on the line of the Bills can be the two seed in the AFC and win the division, or the Dolphins can eliminate them from the playoffs. Would just be it's brilliant. immediately game of the season, and it's absolute. It's a number draw. It's a it, the television. Who's got it from the television network? Who's got Sunday night football again? NBC, and and it's a standard Sunday night football game. Yeah, yeah. So it is on NBC. Fine, NBC will be praying the little pinkies crossed that 
the this is the outcome that they get because Wait, that even, audience will be massive. Even be without, massive. even without that though, it's yeah, still it's still a, a tasty still a tie. Shoot out for the AFC East. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. If you don't get that, so that's good. Uh, I like the fact that the um, Texans and Colts, one of them, that's a playoff game on the yeah. late night Saturday game. Winner goes to the playoffs. Uh, the winner can also win the division if the Jaguars mess up. Um, so that, I think that really... That's Is there a good. scenario where both of those teams make the playoffs if the Jags screw up? Uh, Putting you on the spot yes, now. Yes, I think if they tie... So All right, okay, fine. It's only if, if they tie that they can if both If they tie and the Steelers lose... And so if they, the Colts can get in, if they tie and the Steelers lose, the Texans also need the Jaguars to lose. Right. Fine. So that's how Anything else relevant we need to know in the AFC side of things? I think that's it in the AFC. Is there anyone from the West can still make it? I thought Denver could, but I'm not seeing them in this list of scenarios. So I'm guessing they are out. Okay. Yeah, I think Denver, Denver are done. I can't see them yeah. on the list either. Yeah, they're out. So if we turn our attention to the NFC, what are the tasty things there? Uh, the NFC South, which oh, is yep. Bucks win, Bucks win the division. And, and Bucks Car- should win. They're at Carolina. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's not the only time that the Panthers' offense have looked like a functional NFL offense is when they went up against Joe Barry's defense and the Packers. So you would you would feel strongly that that's how the, the Buccaneers get into the playoffs. Then... The Saints cannot win the division, but they can get into the playoffs with a win, a Seahawks loss or tie, and a Packers loss or tie, or a Saints tie, a Seahawks loss, and a Green Bay loss. Basically, if the Saints if the Saints don't win the division, they just need the Seahawks to lose, and they need the Packers to lose. So, all, all doable. And we're then in the scenario where the Bears could ultimately... And I think are the Bears and the Packers, the Bears are one game behind. The Bears are out. The Bears can't make. They are out. They are out. But if if the Bears win, can they go above the Packers? I don't know. No, I'm not uh, sure on that one either. Well, Green Bay are eight and eight currently. But um, I think, but I, I think I would I would assume that Chicago are probably behind in the division wins. <laughs> well, it goes to head to head first. I mean, the, the but head to head head to head would be tied. Yeah, yeah. Because that would then be one each. So, yeah, yeah. Because because you're looking at Chicago seven and nine, Minnesota seven and nine. So they both go to eight and eight. But within the division, um, might it would both be three and three. To be fair, so one, um, one of the yeah. best ones. One of the best ones is uh, Minnesota, who to make the playoffs at seven and nine, they need to win. <laughs> And they need the Packers to lose. They need the Seahawks to lose, and they need one of New Orleans and Tampa to lose. Like that's the any time you've got like these four things need to happen. That's when yeah. it gets good fun. Yeah, uh, they, they have a if they win their game, they've got an eleven percent chance of making the playoffs. <laughs> With and they've just announced that Nick Mullins is starting at quarterback again. So it's not, uh, it's not, it's not great. And then you've obviously got the NFC East, which is. Uh, Eagles need to win and Cowboys lose or tie or the Eagles tie and the Cowboys lose. The Cowboys just need to win or uh, both teams tie or the Eagles lose. 
Oh, and I mean, Atlantic, it's a, sorry, I missed Atlantic. Ad, ad, Atlantic can still, still get still get in, yeah. Which, I, I mean, that would be incredible if they win and the the Bucks somehow lose to Carolina. That would be incredible. So if the Falcons have got a better chance of if they win, they've got a thirty six percent chance of qualifying, which is twenty five percent better chance than the Vikings. So the Falcons are actually, if you are a Falcons fan, anybody listening, you have a better chance of making the playoffs than the Vikings. So, so and, and the Falcons basically have the same chance of making the playoffs as the Saints do. No, the Saints have got fifty one percent chance if they win. How does that work? Because they've no. got they've got scenarios whereby. Like if they oh, there's another route, and even if they don't win the division, yes, whereas the Falcons so... don't have that. Fine, yeah, but but from a divisional point of view, the Falcons are in the same position as the Saints. They yes. just need to win and hope the Bucks lose. They win the division. Yes, exactly. Yeah, fine, fine. Oh, it's tasty. It's I don't remember. It's and I think I've seen. It's never been quite as open as this, where there's as many teams still in with a chance at this start point of the season. <laughs> but then, but then you've also got like. And now, like today, we're still recording this on Wednesday, and the amount of people who are not playing this week, oh, the, Ra- yeah. the Rams, despite the fact they can move up, and you know they can't, they can't win a division or anything. They've qualified for the playoffs. Uh, Stafford's not playing. Kyron Williams isn't playing. Cooper Cup's not playing. Aaron Donald's not playing. Like Lamar Jackson's not playing for the Ravens. Uh, Sam Darnold is going up against Carson Wentz for the Rams. Um, <laughs> Starting for the 49ers this week, like just the confirmed confirmed week eighteen starting quarterbacks so far: Blaine Gabbert, Jeff Driscoll, Carson Wentz, Nick Mullins, Trevor Simeon, Easton Stick, Tyrod Taylor, Sam Howell, Mason Rudolph, Jared Stidham. Schefter Schefter's taking the piss about with that tweet, like that that runs out of being interesting. Like after the third one, it's actually. <laughs> It's actually just like guys replacing injured players after that. Like Blaine Gabbert, Jeff Driscoll, Carson Wentz. And then since then you can throw in um, Huntley alongside that as well and Darnold. But he's added on five just to be dramatic. This is why fantasy football leagues don't go to week 18. I, um, there's a there's a guy who I work with who deliberately does this. He sets oh. up the final in his league because he's the manager and he sets it up as like a two-legged thing. So you have to go over the two final weeks and... His, one of the guys in the final this this year has Lamar Jackson. Uh, one of the guys in the final has uh, Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> That's a rubbish league. Get out of that. Quit it. Walk away. Walk away. Um, so, Paul, whilst I look up how the Pickham's doing, this is your moment to discuss the fact that you won our fantasy league. Yeah, I mean it's it's a skill, obviously, um, but some of, some of us have it. I mean, pay tribute to everybody who else who took part. Um, if they hadn't done so, I wouldn't have had the chance to beat them. Um, so no, it's it's thrilling. Um, yeah, very very humble about it. That's the main thing, Cameron. I think what you find with fantasy football is it, you know, the fascinating thing comes in trying to draft players. And then find they usually all go out injured anyway in the first four or five weeks. So, um, you know, it's good fun. That's that's why I subcontract a lot of work to my general manager. Sub, without whom, I I wouldn't be <laughs> I wouldn't be here to receive this award tonight. <laughs> Cameron, on the pick and front, can you enable screen share in a second? I need to I need to share something here. Yes, of course. So we've talked in the past about um, ESPN's Pickham and how sometimes the 
the mechanism for entering your picks, it gets a little bit messed up. Yeah. Two two interesting things. One is a gripe by me, and the other is a gripe at me by myself. So as you will be aware if you listen to the Pishcast, my internet was terrible last week. So I tried to submit my picks, and every time I tried, it would kind of like spin as if it was loading and then stop, and I couldn't quite tell if it had done it or not. So as you will see as I share my screen, uh, I did submit my picks, not on my original one, where I'm 140 and 100. That didn't work. But it created Gordon McGuinness's picks too, went 12 and 4. Gordon McGuinness's picks three, which went 12 and 4. So I would have had a very, very good week. And here's where it gets really interesting, though, because Gordon McGuinness's picks four, I went 10 and 5, which means, which means that in that one... One, I got screwed by the system in terms of like I clicked something and it didn't it didn't do it. And you changed so your mind. I, ch- I changed a pick. <laughs> At least one. Maybe the other two were wrong as well. Possibly. Yes. So what you're saying is you need to add twelve to your score, which would put you on 152, which would actually tie you with me. So for the purposes of head to head, I'll take that. Do you know what? You can have your twelve points and whatever your final score is, we will add twelve to it. Unfortunately, neither of us are getting near Mitchell. And here's the thing. For me, skill and fantasy football, people that claim it's skill are hard. People that get their hard drives checked, and if they haven't, they should be, right? Oh, I'm so scared at fantasy football. And I'm not directing that at you, Paul, because I know you're doing it tongue-in-cheek. I know some people that I, I heard someone claim form in fantasy football this week. And Gordon might even have seen that message in one of the chats that we're in. Someone, oh, I'm back on form in fantasy football. Shut up! Form like it's in some way in your control. You're picking a bunch of random players and hoping that they get a decent performance, right? There's an element of skill to this, but it is 20% a bit of skill and 80% you're in the hands of fate and luck and head coaches making decisions. It's an absolute nonsense to claim. Could I also uh, ask listeners not to contact the authorities requesting Paul's hard drive to be checked? <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm not insinuating anything, but just in case, just leave me alone. Right. No, no, I was going to say the FBI have already checked. It will be fine. Um, <laughs> it's just on an iPad anyway. It won't take long. Uh, you are well ahead of us, though, Paul. Me and Gordon then are on, uh, what are we on, 152 correct, which is ultimately what matters, 152 correct. Paul's on 156 correct, so has a four-game lead going into the crapshoot that is week 18. So there's part of that where if we are playing the game, Gordon, we got to not just think about what might happen. we got to think about what's Paul going to do. Spoiler alert, pick the bookie's favourites, which is what he does all the time, um, and try and beat that. Because that's his strategy, right? He picks the bookie's favourite, and he knows he's playing with a house, he's going to end up in a pretty safe space. It's a kind of like subcontract to his fantasy team to his son that actually watches the sport and knows about it. So, you know, that's the, those two things go hand in hand. Um, uh, could, could you could you pass your the bottle of Cameron Hobbs tears? Um, <laughs> it's getting fuller by the minute, is. isn't it? It's, it's it literally tipping over at the moment. Uh, but let's give an update, because it's really tasty at the top, of our Loch Lomond Stramash Pick'em contest, where we will be crowning the Pick King or Pick Queen of Scotland for what I think is the fifth time. Daniel Jonesy's Locker, currently sitting atop with 172 correct results. 
behind him in second place is Pearson's Steelers on 171 and 85. There's then a three-game drop back to Toyosi Olus. Uh, sorry, Toyosi Olusan <laughs> Francisco. To- oh, Jesus Christ, it's not easy. Toyosi Olusan Francisco. Yes. Yep. Uh, it's with 60, 168. Super Bowl Golf Golf. Uh, Gothenburg 83, what a name that is. The Forest and the Trees. That's good. Seattle Arabs. Hawaiian Warthog. Oh, no, they've gone too far. The, stop it, Seattle Arabs. They're all on 167. Then we've got Hawaiian Warthogs and Mr. Zonks on 166. Uh, and anyone behind that is, out, you know, 10 or lower. We're not mentioning them. I think they're too far back at this point. For those that don't have the benefit of this as well, Ian appears to have gone off camera and come back uh, to the tales from beyond. No, um, my, my, my wife sets the lights and timer and they've went off and I'm not allowed to touch them on pain of death. So I've had to uh, illuminate myself by starting a small fire. I've got a question I would like to ask if, if possible. Sure. Um, Cameron, why much like a low-level and very unsuccessful drug dealer, do you have a baseball bat in your living room? Oh. <laughs> um, I I do have a baseball bat. It's it's just a little one. It's actually nestling next to a cricket bat, and it's 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 even got the target's name written on it. When we finally come face to face, if he gets traded to the 49ers. So, you know. <laughs> for, for those unable to see, on the laser display board, it says Wilson on the bat. It's a rough part of town, Cameron's in. He's got the cricket bat, he's got the baseball bat, just in case. <laughs> also, I mean, I'm not casting aspersions because I would have to describe Cameron's in a different room. He's also got a suitcase in the corner, which I presume is packed uh, for the uh, second that Tidy Kill rings his doorbell. Full of hundred pound notes, hundred pound notes. I think if Tyreek Hill's Tyreek Hill's ringing your doorbell, he's asking for a bucket of water to help put the fire <laughs> in his house out. <laughs> Best hope there's not a hole in his bucket, but that's a, a another whole story. Well, twenty twenty four is here, and we're off to a flyer at Strabash. Does anyone else have anything else they want to raise before we wrap this one up? Raise as in move up or raise as in burn down? Well, (laughs) however you you look at things, however you look at things. No, we're going to blow the full-time whistle for this episode of Shramash. Thank you for taking the time to listen to to this in every episode. If you haven't listened to it yet, go back and listen to our previous podcast, which was our Pishcast. I keep forgetting which. I think it's our fourth annual. But anyway, it's Pishcast 2023. Charles did a stellar quiz. It's very, very good. Uh, Go take part. Let us know your scores. So far, nobody's really come forth with that. We want to know how you did. We're only interested in people that come first. Well, just saying. There's a joke joke in there somewhere. (laughs) Let's not go there. We'll save that for the next Pishcast. For God to begin, it's Cameron Hobbs, Ian Stephen, and myself, Paul Mitchell. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. And Lang, may your lum reek. (laughs) 